Welcome to episode eight of the Feelings Club podcast. We're having a hard time coming up with uh, a name for this episode because Sally doesn't like the movie You've Got Mail. I think it's fantastic. Patty, you haven't seen a lot of the movies I like, so I feel like this is like That's a, true. a moot argument because I'm, this is. I know. The, I just I'm don't think that 70s. Tom. I just don't think that Tom Hanks can make anything bad. Okay. Well, and then he made you've got mail, so <laughs> I feel like that's. <laughs> so, if you guys have suggestions for what we should call the the shows where we answer your unread emails and questions, yeah, we're kind of gonna like bulldoze through some some emails um, and look for inspiration for some topics of future episodes. That's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. So mm-hmm. we thought we would call it mailbag, but that made us think of like balls for some reason. And mm-hmm. so we, we just, don't want to think of balls. We don't. No. So not we right can't, now. we can't, it's just been hard to come up with a name. So we'd like your feedback. If, if you have some, some sort of witty thing, we could call this episode and other episodes where we do this. That would be great. Yes, please. Well, um, What's new with you? I haven't seen you in like, I don't know, like four days. It's weird. I know. I thought you were mad at me and then maybe we broke up. You thought I was mad at you? Well, because I haven't seen you in four days. You're the one that told me not to come over. (laughs) The last like four times I've texted you, I've been like, how's it going? And you're like, fine, period. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I'm just like, oh, she doesn't like emojis or gifts or feelings today, so... Or maybe I'm just feeling too many feelings, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to. Well, is that what's going on? Are you just a, a bag of feelings? I mean, I've been, honestly, you're asking me now, and the thing that is coming to mind is fine. I'm fine. I don't know. Mm. I don't, cool. like, I don't feel, like, super low or super high. Mm. I'm fine. Cool. Um, cool. Today, two things I did today that felt mm. good. Mm. I, um... Did my individual therapy today via a regular phone call, mm-hmm. like we like we talked about, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. It was nice to change it up. Not only cool. did I do a regular phone call, but I did it while I was on a walk outside with my dog. And what's that thing called that you wear on your back that has the ice water in uh, it? Like a camel. The back. Camelback. Yeah. Sweet. And I was just walking around. Three birds, one stone. Exercise for myself, exercise for my dog, therapy. Boom. Cool. In one hour. Congratulations. So that, yeah. Felt good. I think um, I think getting away from this desk space where I'm sitting right now, where I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not looking at like the pile of unread mail. Yes, I also have that. <laughs> and other things. <laughs> and other things here. And I don't mm-hmm. have to like look at her. Mm-hmm. I was just like out in nature, breathing fresh air, looking at trees. And I think it it um, gave me a little bit more access mm. to what was going on up in my mind. Were you able to concentrate? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. I came up with some good stuff. It was a good session. Good. Yeah. What else did you do today? I baked a cake. 
<laughs> An upside down pineapple cake. Oh. It's really Did good. Did you eat it? I <laughs> have had any? some, yes. It's really you, good. Are you going to have more? Yeah, probably. Kevin tried to tell me earlier, he was like, okay, that's enough. And I was like, excuse me? Did you just tell <laughs> me that I've had enough cake? <laughs> I had a boyfriend once put his hand over my plate at dinner. And he was like, that's enough. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I broke up with him that minute. Like, we were on a double date. And my friend's boyfriend across the table was like, oh, man. Oh, man. That's <laughs> so he knew weird. It was, coming. it was really weird. That's bizarre. But it made it really easy. I was like, fuck you. I'm eating the rest of my fish. So, yeah. It's fish. Well, so- also, let's just take a look at my my step count today. We're at 13,884 steps. <sighs> That's... Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, took two long walks today. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a little jealous, but I'm sorry. that's okay. No, you that's mean, okay. Wait, I, en- wait jealous or envious? Oh, uh, envious. <laughs> <laughs> envious. I'm not afraid something I have is going to be taken away from me. Right. A, I wish I had been able to had do something I had. like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also happy for me. I'm also always because, happy for you. Well, because you have complex emotions because you, you can feel multiple things about. <laughs> I feel like you're reading a manual, like a human's manual. Is this the manual that I'm Humans teaching have you? complex emotions. You can feel more it's than so one thing true. about a particular topic or a person. It's so true. So true. <laughs> it's so true. Mm-hmm. I was talking Very about it in therapy today. It was so true. Complex. Um, so do you want me to give our trigger warning? Yes, please. So here Everybody, don't get scared. But today on the show, we are going to be talking about some things that could be triggers for some of our audience. So if you are triggered by um, talk of child abuse, molestation, incest, we are not going to go into any details, of course, but we are going to touch on a email that an anonymous listener sent to us um, because we think it's the right thing to do. But if you are not interested in hearing that or worried that it'll be um, emotionally volatile for you, please feel free to skip ahead a couple minutes. Uh, Yeah. 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 You'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, everything will be fine. Everything's fine. Um, So I'm going to read that email now. Perfect. Okay. From Anonymous. Between the ages of 5 and 12, my nephew, who was 8 months older than I, would initiate sexual acts with me, including attempted penetration. I never said no. I never fought. I just let it happen, and I never told anyone until he was caught with other kids and he told the cops. Our encounters were deemed as age-related experimentation. He had been doing these same kinds of things with over a dozen kids, all of which were much younger than us. I am the reason over a dozen kids had to go through that because I just let it happen and never spoke up. Thank you, sweet anonymous, for sharing that with us. Mm. And I'm going to handle you delicately as I can, but I also want you to hear what I say. Um, because you are absolutely not the reason that your nephew made the choices he did and hurt the people that he did. 
Mm-hmm. We do not engage in victim blaming or victim shaming. Um, it's not productive. However, I do understand how making the onus on yourself, how centering the locus of control on yourself can make a child feel less victimized and more of a perpetrator. Because when we are children, very often we feel stuck in either the victim or the perpetrator role, especially when we're being perpetrated. So children very, very, very often will take the control on themselves of, I caused this, I made this happen, this was my fault, I did something to instigate this, I did something to make this continue, I sent some message that this was okay, when, in actuality, children never give consent for sexual molestation by a friend, by a stranger, by an adult, by another child. Children do not have the um, maturity, the the power that children cannot give consent to be molested. Um, and very often what happens is it's like um, a loss of control that turns into a shame of, I don't want to get in trouble for doing this because I think what it's happening is wrong, or I don't want them to get in trouble, or I don't want daddy to get mad at me, or I don't want the community to get mad at me, or it is so complicated. And I fully believe that with a little bit of therapy and the proper support, um, the perception of this could be switched pretty easily not like easily without pain, but easily without years and years of work, Um, that in fact, children are not the cause of molestation. Children are the victims. And as an adult, it's much easier to look back and say, oh, wait, I was a child there, and I can picture a five-year-old child. That five-year-old child is not in control. That five-year-old child is not choosing this. Obviously, that five-year-old child is... being the victim of something. Um, But it's hard to have that perspective when you're a child because children do not have complex perspectives of adults or other people. Children have very simple perspectives. So to recap, it wasn't your fault at all. I'm so sorry that happened to you and that you're still dealing with the after effects of it. I'm so sorry that the other children also were hurt and that your nephew was also going through some stuff and sounds like he was hurt and hurting simultaneously. Um, Please find a way to reach out and get some support to work through this because this doesn't have to be the end of Mm -hmm. where this memory and this event in your life, um, this doesn't have to continue. You could probably reach resolution around this with the proper support. And I really hope that you do. Yeah. It's really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a therapist, but you are definitely not the reason why you were molested. And you are definitely not the reason why anyone else was molested by the same person. Mm -mm. I mean, I think anyone on the outside hearing that story clearly knows that, but yeah. um, Yeah. And I feel like after the Me Too movement, like it's kind of come to light how many of us have been victims of some sort of sexual assault or molestation or... (coughs) improper sexual advances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think if you have been a victim like that, you know how much more complicated it is. And mm-hmm. it, when it's happening and when you're in that relationship, it's so far from black and white, that person's right. bad, I'm good. 
or I'm bad and they're good. It's so complex and there's so many gray areas. But it takes courage to speak up. And I, I hope that this was one of many steps to get help for yourself and heal from this event that has affected you for so long. Yeah, same. Thank you for sharing your story. So if everybody's listening, this is a safe time to tune back in. We're finished with the trigger part of our episode. So yeah. there won't be any more trigger warnings for the rest of the episode. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm going to move on to an email from Jenny. Jenny from Austin says, I'm finding that even though I don't usually think of myself as super judgmental, in this strange time of COVID, COVID, I have a lot of uncomfortable feelings of judgment, and I know there's a lot of that in out in the world. Neighbors not following social distancing, people not wearing masks, people protesting with guns at state capitals. I'm telling my kids not to worry about other people, but they are really upset that others aren't following the same rules we are. So imagine my feelings when I'm listening to Brene Brown talk about blame and judgment as where we feel shame and discomfort. So we are trying to discharge and shift those uncomfortable feelings to others. I am paraphrasing, may get that wrong. So what to do with these feelings? How can I mind my own business and shift out of judgment and just stay in my lane? So I want to, I want to bounce this back at you because is this something you get to like, do you experience this? Like, um, why aren't people following the rules sort of discomfort? Um, a, a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Like, I think if you had asked me this a month ago, I might feel differently. I'm getting fed up with the situation, which doesn't mean I'm uh, altering my behavior a whole lot, but I have loosened up and started mm -hmm. to see people in small circles, mm -hmm. um, which I wouldn't, which I probably wouldn't have done a month ago. Definitely not two months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I don't know, like the stay at home orders just extended mm -hmm. here in Austin to August 15th. And now masks are required anytime you go in anywhere. Yeah. Um, I haven't, but I haven't, honestly, I really haven't been anywhere except for, um, this place where I ship out merch every now and then. Hmm. <sighs> And then like a dum-dum today, I went and shipped a few things out and I walked in without a mask. Like, mm. but it, it was totally a thing that I it just slipped my mind because I so rarely go anywhere. It's not, <laughs> it's not like in my, it's not like in a, I'm not in a habit of putting a mask on because the only place right. I go is the park and I don't need to put a mask on when I'm walking around the park. Um, right. Even though I see people that do, I don't feel like I need to. Yeah. So I felt like a dum dum. <laughs> I was only in there for like I was only in there for like ten seconds, but they were like, "Oh," and they're friends because I go there all the time. They were like, "Oh, Patty, uh, masks are required now," and I was like, "Oh my god, I just totally forgot. I would have put one on. I didn't. It doesn't have to be required. I would have put one on anyway. I just totally forgot." So I think the reason I bounced this at you first was 
because I think Jenny sent us this message like over a month ago, mm-hmm. maybe back at the beginning when some people were still like pretty strictly enforcing and following mm-hmm. the rules. And some people were just blatantly like, right. Uh, and I, I remember that tension a month ago or a yep. month and a half ago too. Like the seeing neighbors doing different things than my kids were allowed to do, seeing mm-hmm. people behaving very differently or not distancing. Um, it was really stressful at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure but it's so hard with kids. Cause like, how do you, you just you know, have to keep them isolated. You just ha- you cannot trust that they'll do the right thing. I know, I know, but also how do you explain to them like how to, it's like it's no, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not you know? fair. And so, but I think so. When I was thinking, when I saw this from message from Jenny back then, what I was thinking and what it brought up for me was um, push push away for a minute, humor me, mm-hmm. push away the other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And what are you left with? And it seems like with Jenny and a feeling that I get to is the like, why do I have to follow the rules? Why, why do I have to be perfect? Why do I have to um, suffer so such strict guidelines or such strict um, rules of perfection or performance even outside of COVID, right? Like just in life, mm-hmm. why do I hold myself to such high standards and all these other people can just slack off? Mm. Like it's not fucking fair. And so when we get to that, it's not fair part, because I really feel like that's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. For me, that's like, oh, okay. That's an adolescent part of myself who's suffering because adults generally don't say it's not fair. Right. That That's kids, right? right. And so... We all have different parts of ourselves that speak up all the time and kind of drive the truck every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's not fair. I don't want to. Those are childish parts. And so all that this brings me to is like, Jenny, <laughs> what is that child part of you needing? Mm-hmm. Is that child part of you needing to be able to break the rules a little bit? Is that child part of you need needing to be able to perform at a little lower standard so that she can rest more, so she can have more fun, so she can see her friends or hug a friend every now Mm -hmm. and then. Like, what does that child part need? Because that child part does not need her neighbors to behave differently, probably. That child part needs to be allowed to experience something or be with someone or right. have some indulgence or some pleasure in the world that she's not feeling she's allowed to right now. Um, and so that's like, I try to go back to that too. For me, it comes up with like, <clears throat> or it used to come up a lot with like driving, like why can't these fuckers stop at a fucking stop sign? <laughs> like I would get so mad that people couldn't stop at a fucking stop sign, but I always had to stop at a stop sign. And it's really like not about the stop sign at all. Right. You know, it's about the, why are the rules different for them, for me? Why are they allowing, allowed to have a good life or have fun or be or happy? do whatever they want. I do what they want or not have so much fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm stuck here afraid and alone and suffering. So for the, you know, all of that, just to say like, Jenny, I hope your child part found some, something to have fun with, something to do to entertain herself, something to like capture a little bit of joy in this crazy, crazy time. I'm sure she did too. And maybe that's why I started to kind of loosen up a little bit, a little bit, a little, bit. A little tiny bit. 
You're so loose, Patty. Wait, what? Let me see. You're so loose. Let me see you do like your noodle, like a a wave dance. Yeah. Oh, that was like a shimmy. That's like more of a shimmy. Ow. Oh, there, there you go. Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah, boobs don't like the shimmy so much. Do we have? Do we have more mail? We do. We have more mail. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, Greg tweeted us. He said, I did some ENDR work and it was super intense, very cathartic. I didn't know some of the scars I had were living inside me. Mm. Just Greg, I would dance with you if you were here because, man, EMDR is the closest thing to magic I've ever experienced in my life. If for including magic, no. I mean, I feel like it's better than like magic because magic is like cards or like rabbits, a, a coin in my nose, and I'm like, whatever, I could put a coin in my nose. Ouch, no big deal. But okay, so for those of you who don't know, EMDR is a type of trauma therapy called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. <clears throat> it's a type of therapy that I do. It kind of looks like hip- hypnosis. It's not hypnotis- hypnosis, it's not, but it does. It's not all you do, but it's like it's a tool that you use. It within. is one type of therapy yeah. that I use okay. within my therapy sessions. Correct. Yeah. It's my favorite, but I do it's, love a good talk. So <laughs> it's your favorite. It's like it's your favorite thing to do. Um, I mean, it's just magical. Is it like like hypnosis? So it's not, it kind of looks like hypnosis, but Mm -hmm. it's not hypnosis. Everything is done on a conscious level. Mm -hmm. There's no putting you into a hypnotic state. This Mm -hmm. is activating both sides of your brain, both hemispheres of your brain alternating. Mm -hmm. It just is like, it's like a um, speeding up of the digestion of memories. Because when we have trauma, our traumatic events get stored in our short-term memory, which is why they still activate our nervous system when we think about them, even if it's been 15 years. Yay, science! We can have body responses like sweat, cold sweat, tears, fear, heart racing, trouble breathing. Um, So anyway, EMDR is a type of therapy. Google it. It's absolutely amazing. I swear every session of EMDR I do starts out the client like a little scared, a little nervous because it you're going to feel some feelings. And then by the end, they are giggling, like mm. legit giggling. Like that's how I know I've reached like the we've done good work today part mm-hmm. is the client just has their eyes closed and, closed and is processing and then just starts giggling. And I'm like, fucking, this is magic. That's your payoff. It's amazing. My husband's done it um, when he was an individual therapy. He's done it. And then um, I know that my therapist uh, does EMDR as well. And she recommended it to me at one point. And then I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know. Like, I I worked it out. I don't know. Maybe I was scared of it or something. I don't know what happened. But, like, I worked it out. And I was like, I don't think I need to do that anymore. Moving on. I don't know. Someday. If you want to, it's super fun. I highly recommend it. But you have to have like a, like an actual thing. You do have things, sweetheart. I know, I know that I have things. Everyone's Mm -hmm. got things, but like you would, you would be doing EMDR for a specific memory or memories. You can do them for a, so 
like what EMDR boils down to is we have to find the negative belief associated with events that have happened. Mm -hmm. And there's only so many negative beliefs really that we target Mm -hmm. that, that it boils down to. And they're usually like, I don't deserve love. I should Mm -hmm. have done something differently. I can't trust myself. I can't trust other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not good enough. I have to be perfect. Like, I can relate to all those things. <laughs> so what we would do is then like, if you decided I uh, like, I'm not perfect or I have to be perfect was one. Then we would just kind of go through and dig up like the Rolodex of like, uh, let's think about some memories of events that happened where this negative belief surfaced mm-hmm. and you were upset with yourself because you weren't perfect or you were um, embarrassed or you were ashamed or, or and then someone hurt they you. Can do, Yes, mm-hmm. someone hurt you. You could do like, it doesn't have to be a big capital T trauma. Okay. It could be little traumatic events mm-hmm. or just this belief you've held on to your whole life. Or get this, phobias. Or get this, body, like illnesses, pain, chronic stomach ache, chronic trouble swallowing, panic attacks. Okay. People can come into my office having a panic attack and I can do my EMDR magic and they can be like cured, quote unquote, cured of panic attacks. Magic. Like it's insane. So they don't have to know why they're having a panic attack. No. Okay. No. And you don't necessarily figure that out. No. Okay. EMDR, like it can retrain the Reset, retrain your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So it stops having inappropriate reactions. Mm-hmm. I have like a, a client who was having panic attacks from shortness of breath. So I triggered a panic attack in my office with her. We mm-hmm. did jumping jacks together until Ooh. she started to have that feeling of shortness of breath. And uh-huh. I did them with her. And then we did EMDR and retrained her body that you're not in danger. You're just right. using your lungs. <laughs> and then it shut down. And she doesn't have panic attacks anymore. Like, it's amazing. Just from doing it one time? Can you fucking believe that? Cool. I mean, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you need more. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, say if someone was, like, had a phobia of, like, flying in airplanes or Mm -hmm. driving in cars over bridges or Mm -hmm. all kinds of things. I I do driving all the time. Mm -hmm. Needles, doctor's appointments, medical trauma. Mm-hmm. Flying, sobriety, all of that stuff. EMDR for sobriety mm-hmm. or addiction. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, I think we should and probably <laughs> Wait, could. Is this the EMDR episode? <laughs> no, no. But I think we could. We could. We could definitely have like an an entire episode about EMDR. That would yeah, be cool. Yeah, I've told people if I could be paid to just be an EMDR like evangelist. Mm-hmm. And not even a therapist, I would. I would go around the world just like. I'm having like a vision of you. Like, do you know those like preachers on TV that are like, yes, they like exactly. put their hands on their foreheads and then they like collapse? That's a, that's how I'm seeing you right now. This is me next to Eddie. Putting your hand on their forehead and you're like, magic. magic. Yeah, every time I meet, like, meet a new person, and then they just start airplane. laughing. Yeah. <laughs> they just start giggling. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. magic. It worked. Well, that's really cool. I mean, if anyone has 
experiences with EMDR or has questions about EMDR, um, I would encourage you to write in because I definitely think we should do a whole, a whole episode on that stuff. Well, maybe like a whole season. A, what? <laughs> maybe a whole season. Wait, we're doing multiple seasons? Oh, are we only doing <laughs> I one? I don't know. We're like a, a quarter of the way through. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I have no expectations. I'm just, you know, day by day, flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> I'm so go with the flow. I'm so loosey-goosey. <laughs> You're so easy. Yeah, I'm so easy. I'm just, you know, that's, <laughs> you know me, classic that's Patty. That's my favorite, my favorite thing. Uh, okay. Um, let's mm-hmm. see. I have an email from Eric uh, that I've been wanting okay. to read for a while, actually. Okay. Eric says he's curious about a particular topic. So, I've recently started working with a counselor and a dietitian for binge eating behaviors. I'm not sure what Sally's main area of focuses are, um, but I had made a commitment to the counselor I'm seeing on not flying, obviously not right now with COVID, COVID, but in general, I'll drive 16 hours for a concert versus flying because of my size how I would need to either fly first class or buy two seats um, per most airline rules. But that's a side note. Anyway, my counselor mentioned fat phobia or diet culture, how overweight people are made to feel that it's not okay to be overweight. So I was just curious on your thoughts on the whole thing. I had never heard of it. And in reading about it, Googling it, et cetera, it really bummed me out. So many things closely applied to my life. Okay. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to hear that they bummed you out. I was, I think I was a little surprised when we got to the end of that email and you said that discovering that information bummed you out, but I guess, I mean, I can see how that's, um, um, learning that something has been influencing you your whole life without you knowing it, how shitty that can feel. Um, and yeah, diet culture is a terrible multi-billion dollar industry. Um, Mm. my favorite saying when someone says they're going on a diet is how much weight do you plan to gain? Because diets are fucking ridiculous and they don't work. I, I feel like that's a trigger word for me. Like diet. I just don't even like that word. Oh yeah. I mean, as a woman, it makes me think, um, about being restrictive and I'm like, diet is just what you eat. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I I also, like, I just caught myself saying, like, as a woman, like, mm-hmm. man, it must fucking suck to be a man caught in this diet culture, fat shaming, and then also be, like, kind of excluded from the support communities because of being a man, Mm-hmm. You know, like the, so much of this is usually centered on women or the focus is on women or the right. research is on women. Um, so my main area of therapy is trauma. Um, and I've worked with women for a long time. I've actually started working with men again recently and I love it, but I don't do eating disorders um, or disordered eating. Oh, um, I refer people out for that. I, love referring people out to experts in the field Mm -hmm. because it's just like, one, I love working with other people who are experts and other people who are competent and answer the phone when I call. But also it's just such a good feeling for the client to feel supported. 
um, and I don't know, Eric, if you've ever heard of this therapy, or maybe you're doing it, DBT, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. It's very, very effective with disordered eating. Um, it basically teaches you a very structured way of living your life and checking in with yourself and showing up for yourself. As opposed to being accountable to outside people or being judged by outside people, it's a way of being um, held accountable, but then also um, acknowledging your own progress and having gratitude for the work that you are doing. So if you haven't heard of it, I highly recommend you look at DBT. Uh, D is in dog, B is in boy, T is in therapy. Um, uh, I want to say we've talked about this before too, but if you haven't read or don't know Lindy West and her biography Shrill and then her show on Hulu Shrill, I love that show. Okay. And I feel like I'd probably love that book. Yeah. I, I think I need to get the audio book. Is there an audio book? Does she read it? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, that's how I heard it. Great. Uh, I don't Maybe. know. I'm going to look, I'm going to look for it. Um, the show is fantastic. It is fantastic. And so side note, well, so when we talked about this on maybe the first episode or something, mm -hmm. I don't remember, we were talking about how fat shaming and like diet culture, we only see images of small bodies, of yes. thin bodies, of muscular, muscular fit. So much. Trim, anorexic, you know, totally. underweight, prepubescent um, bodies. Mm -hmm. And so flooding yourself with exposing yourself to images of larger bodies, you know, differently shaped bodies. Not everyone is shaped like an hourglass or a stick. Mm -hmm. There are like so many other options out there. And I just want to add to that, that I have recently added into my social media feed, black bodies and mm -hmm. brown bodies mm -hmm. and bodies of all different melanin on top of the different shapes. Oh my God. And I'm enjoying it so much. I've started following all these photographers who capture all these different kinds of bodies. And oh my God, the human form is so beautiful. It, it like really is. The, it makes me want to take life drawing again, like the contours of it. And oh, so beautiful. But anyway. Do you follow X love handles? Mm -mm. Mm, that's another one. That I follow them. Amazing. Um, X love handles, uh, really good. And I love, like, I love it. Like, look, like, can you see? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, beautiful. And yeah. then, and all races and shapes and colors. And um, I love it. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. I'm, I'm right on board with that. So in Austin, there's a plus size women of color and queer dance troupe called. Fat Bottom Cabaret. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but shout out to them, Fat Bottom Cabaret. They I are also follow amazing. Them. Oh, do you? <laughs> yes. And they are so beautiful. Oh, my God. But find your local troops of color and plus-size dance troops and plus-size performers and plus-size models and artists and follow them, you guys, please. Yeah. And when this whole COVID situation is over, go watch them. Go watch them and scream at them because they're gorgeous. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Are there any more emails? Um, yeah, I got one more. Okay. One more yeah. for today. Let's hit it. Okay. Um, this one has a subject of relationship issues. Mm. 
I struggle with relationship issues. I've been by myself since last September when my four-year relationship ended. I've taken this time to work on myself, but I would love to hear more topics on self-love and healing. Mm, I love self-love. I love healing. I love all of this kind of finding out who you are um, and dating yourself. Mm, Dating yourself. Dating yourself. So... I have like some strategies that I recommend. Maybe I'll share them. Um, One of them is taking your younger self out on a date, like not date date, but like on a afternoon, right? Like if your eight year old self could walk into a toy store and get any toy they want, right? Because as an adult, like most of us have a little bit of income if we plan for it correctly, Mm -hmm. right? That we could afford like a $20 stuffed animal Mm -hmm. or a $20 Lego set or a $15, you know, glitter nail set. Like take yourself to a toy store, walk around and be like, what does my inner child want? I've never always, (laughs) I've never thought you've never done that. I've never thought to do that. (sighs) I've taken your kids to the toy store (laughs) and they've drained me. Oh my God. I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't say no, which is something I, I should work on. We've talked about this. No, not with my kids. <laughs> We're not on but I've never, yourself. I've never thought to take myself and like buy myself some random thing. So this, I mean, this is like the beginning of a really long and fun experiment that you can do, and that I highly recommend to. Who is this email from? Uh, it doesn't say. Oh, from anonymous. We'll call you Annie. Um, <laughs> So first you take yourself to a toy store or Amazon or like an online Mm -hmm. independent toy seller, right? And you just walk around and you'd be like, little one, what do you want? Little one, anything you want today, you can have little one. And it's just such a like a wonderful experiment of who am I in there? What do I need? What do I want? What was I never given the opportunity to have? Um, for me, I always choose like a really soft stuffed animal. I'm such a sucker for texture. I always choose like a velvet pig kind of thing that has like flaps I can put over my face (laughs) or like, you know, something like that, but it's such a fun experiment. And then from there you can go on to like, okay, self, what kind of music do you want to listen to in the car? You get to choose. It could be quiet. You can listen to talk radio. Do you want to listen to Rafi? Right? Like... The banana and then from there, song. banana phone oh, on repeat. <laughs> sure, why not? Nobody else cares. This is all about you. And then from there, it could just take up your whole life. Mm. You know, I, in small ways, I full, in small ways until until you're living out loud, until you're taking up space. And and I feel like when you spend a significant amount of time doing that, like I'm hoping that this listener does that you find out who you are and what you want and what you like so that when you do encounter that next relationship, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's like, Oh, I, I only listen to soft jazz. You can be like, huh, I only listen to hip hop. So, or I like, hate soft jazz. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like there doesn't have to be people pleasing. There doesn't have yeah. to be um, shape shifting within yourself to please other people. If you know who you are and you're pleased by that, which you probably will be. Okay, caveat. If in this self-exploration journey, parts of yourself surface that you don't like or that you're ashamed of or 
that you wish would go away? Or are you the one who always says the, I don't want to feel that feeling? Aren't you the yes, one who always totally. says Yes, totally. I said it today in therapy. Okay. I feel this so way. That comes up. I don't want to feel this way, but I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that comes up, make a note of it and take mm-hmm. it to your therapist. Yep. Because you don't have to do this alone. Right. It's super fun to get to know yourself, but it doesn't have to be done in isolation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. So yep. on the, on back, back to like treating yourself at the toy store. So like when I'm walking around, around Lowe's and I pick out a new gas range that that doesn't count, does it? Does that count? Um, it does if you're taking the adult homeowner you to Lowe's, right? And she has the money saved for a new gas range, right? But the child, but no, me it is doesn't like count that. for the child one, right? Because no. she finds that really boring. She wants something glittery. She probably wants like a microphone with rhinestones on it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then like a shirt that says like South Padre with beads, with beads on it. Yeah, beads. <laughs> She might want her hair done, like yeah, just one side mm-hmm. with beads. No, you have to do. I I encourage you if you're comfortable with it to do the child one. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it could be like a teenager part of you too, you know. But the child one is real good. Are the so when you buy these uh, stuffed animals, are these the things that become your dog toys eventually? No, or my dog do toys get, are my dog toys. Oh, okay. Well, I just see a lot of like. You know, dirty stuffed animals in your backyard. Oh, that was rude. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, he likes playing with them. You have a large backyard. Those are his indoor toys that other people in this house do not pay attention to the fact that they should not be outdoor toys. I do buy my dog a lot of $3 TJ Maxx stuffed animal toys. Because he he, destroyed them. He used to eat them. He doesn't eat them anymore. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he doesn't like break their necks or anything. He just, he just like snuggles them. So when you bring these things home for your child self, do you keep them to yourself, or do you eventually like maybe like let let mm-hmm. your kids? They're mine. They're mine. You, you keep them. They're mine. Yeah, they're mine. Okay. Yeah, and you know, it's not a routine thing that I do. Yeah, but I think it's important to do it at least once. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I mean. For me, it's more like food. Yeah. Because we were food insecure and like, I just really want that. You always have good snacks in your house. I do. I'm a really good snack uh, buyer. Yep. You sure are. Purveyor. Purveyor of fine snacks. Uh, Well, we still don't know what this episode is called. Wait, but I have jokes. That's good. That that was okay. going to be the next thing. <laughs> um, I feel like you should listen to the postman. Go out and listen to the postman, Pat. I also feel like a bunch of bananas could play in here. Like, mm. I don't know, pack a pick of peppers, like a bunch of bananagrams. Ooh, I have some. Uh, I'll tell you later. Okay. Yeah, bananagrams. I don't know. What does that even mean? Oh. A bananagram was like a telegram. Like a telegram. Isn't it? Yeah. I think bananagrams is a game. Oh. Isn't it? It's like Scrabble, but in a banana. I've seen that at Target. Maybe. Mm -hmm. 
Hit me with your jokes. Okay. I spent all night last night dreaming about mufflers. Man, am I exhausted. <laughs> but um, <laughs> shh. Um, and then my mom sent me this one. She tried okay. to tell it on the phone today when my kids were screaming, and I was like, what? Um, <laughs> wait, I have to read it because I don't want to mess it up. Um. What did the monk say when he saw Jesus in his butter? In his butter? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What? I can't believe it's not Buddha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to know that my mom is like an avid Buddhist. She really, oh, I forgot that came from your mom. Yep. She's, she, every time she's here, she takes my kids to see the Buddhas at the, the temple. And so, of course, my mom's going to tell me a joke about Buddha, but it was a good joke, but I didn't know it. I thought she was telling me she'd saw, she saw Jesus in her butter, and I was like, what? Did she, yeah, did she make it up? No. Mm. It's possible. She has a PhD, but not, not in jokes, but maybe. I like it when kids make up jokes, because they don't make any sense. Oh, God, they're so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Poop. <laughs> That's what they usually just say. Poop. Punchline. Well, um, thank you all for your emails um, and your tweets and your Instagram comments and all that. Um, we still have more to get through, but um, we'll save that for the next Bananagram post, postal, post man, you've got mail episode. <laughs> so we're going to leave it there. If you'd like to record a question or a comment for a future episode of The Feelings Club, give us a ring on the banana phone at 725-FEELING. That's 725-333-5464. Or you can use the voice memo app on your phone to record your question and email it to us at thefeelingsclubpodcast at gmail.com. Sally and I appreciate everyone who helps to spread the word about the show. We rely heavily on your word of mouth and reviews, tweets, and people posting about the show on Instagram. Visit our website, thefeelings.club. Sign up for our newsletter and check out Sally's blog. Follow us on Instagram at Feelings Club Podcast and Twitter at Feelings Club Pod. The Feelings Club Podcast is produced every week by Dwight Baker and me and my co-host, Sally Rumsey. Thank you for listening. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for therapy or medical advice by a licensed doctor. This is not your therapy, y'all. The Feelings Club Invite all your friends to the Feelings Club Come be a part of the Feelings Club Share your feelings too